To say we're a little skeptical of this audit would be an understatement. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. With me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday and happy postseason to you, Stacey, and to every everydayer out there. Thanks so much for clicking on the show here today, guys. We got a full episode for you. Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, Jordan Montgomery. He made an incredible start yesterday in game one of the wild card series. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Also, some more awards for Yankees prospects and a Yankees reliever that's coming up later on in the show. Stacey, first, Aaron Judge spoke about the offseason right after the season ended on Sunday. And we haven't had a chance to talk about what he said to the media. Look, we know that he's going to be part of this big old investigation plan audit thingy. So let, let's go ahead and, and, and talk about what Aaron Judge has said to the media. Um, these quotes will be linked in the episode description. As always, this is coming from The Athletic and Chris Kirshner. Judge said on Sunday, quote, we got a lot of numbers, but I think we might be looking at the wrong ones and maybe should value some other ones that some people might see as having no value. But when you're playing 162 games, you've got to grind and you've got to play through things. I think there are certain things you can't put a number on. Yada, yada, yada. A lot of words involving things. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Chris Kirshner pointed this out, though. Judge wouldn't expound on the numbers he believes are the wrong ones, but some of the younger players in particular have insinuated that there can be an information overload. Oswaldo Cabrera told the athletic part of me how there were numerous voices in his ear earlier in the season and it messed with his swing. Uh, Anthony Volpe, of course, and the chicken parm thing with Austin Wells. So there are a couple of Small, maybe one-off examples, but I thought it was interesting that was uh, brought up. Stacey, J Judge has been super vague on this whole thing. Where, where are you at with how Aaron Judge has kind of approached uh, maybe how he's talked about his I got some ideas stuff? Uh, well, he's doing the Derek Jeter vague captain thing where he says something but doesn't tell you everything because uh, he doesn't want to like reveal his hand. And I actually found the more interesting thing, the Oswaldo Cabrera thing because I can relate to this in a way, just quickly. I worked at a golf course in college, okay? I never learned how to play golf. So my dad's like, I'm gonna teach you how to play golf See, because you can play free on the golf course, sure. My dad's yelling at me 18 different things for me to do. Don't do this, do this, don't do this, don't do, and I kept messing up because he was giving me all different directions and I couldn't figure out what I needed to do. A guy who played at the course was a scratch golfer, should have been a pro, never became pro, but he was like one of the best golfers I've ever seen in my life takes me on the course is really nice and sweet and only tells me a couple of things and thanks to him i became a really good chipper and putter because he wasn't yelling 18 different things in my head and i feel like these kids can't have that much information because it will screw with your swing because if i had my dad yelling 18 different things in my ear trying to teach me a golf swing it was the same thing you can't have that much information being poured into these kids heads and i feel like 
judge is right that there are numbers that they were focusing on too much. And we touched upon it earlier in the season when it came out that they were looking too much at exit velocity as a number that they were really focusing on. And so he's right in that respect. And I kind of like that he's all in on this. Again, he's making a ton of money. He's the captain of the team. He wants to win and he knows they're wasting his time right now. And he wants to get this ship righted, corrected. So yeah. We have we have one more quote, Stace, coming from The Athletic, saying this, quote, I think the information and the resources the Yankees provide are great. This is still Judge. I think it's just about how we use them and how we value them is an aspect we need to take a look at again. Uh, the Yankees are top-notch in the numbers we get. All of that is great. I think we're the best in the game at that. I think it's how the funneling those down to the players is the right format and quote hmm. Stacy. I think this is pointing out something um, that maybe not a lot of people are considering that when, when that big bag word of analytics comes up in Yankee circles, especially in Yankee fandom where there's like, get rid of the analytics. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. So look at this quote here. This might not be a numbers problem. And especially how you were talking about, you know, when someone's giving you advice or trying to show you how to do something. This is a communication problem. Mm -hmm. The Yankees, according to Judge here, aren't communicating the numbers correctly, aren't talking about what matters correctly. They have all the information at their disposal, which I've seen firsthand while in the system. You yeah. know, they have every number in the book that you could possibly want, more numbers than you can even dream of. But it's about finding what's right and what's going to ultimately help everybody. So mm -hmm. interesting. I'm curious to see what he values because the numbers that we talk about, the exit velos, the launch angles, all this stuff, like the busy buzzwords for mm. Judge, they're magnificent. They're top of the league, right? Obviously, all the good stuff for him. So how does he view it when it comes to players who don't necessarily fit his profile? Uh, guys like Anthony Volpe clearly are not going to play the same way that Aaron Judge does. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, another guy who's not going to play like Judge. So where does he rank that? I'm curious to see if we get any more details on what Judge actually says during this upcoming audit which is getting a little dicey from us stacy so yeah. <laughs> the, apparently there's been a misconception i'm gonna leave this uh link to the episode description as well an article from sny came out on tuesday saying that there actually aren't going to be outside consultants during this audit what they're going to end up doing uh apparently wasn't communicated correctly or everybody assumed incorrectly of what this audit was actually going to be, they are going to be pulling some magical firm that we don't know a name of or whatever they do that is going to, I guess, do like run a team for a second and see how the numbers and how they would do things and then compare it to how the Yankees did things. It seems a little unclear on what this audit thing is. Again, I'll leave that in the episode description for you to go read. It does a better job of explaining what I just did. But mm -hmm. I don't know, Stace, like how are you feeling about this audit thing right now, especially with the news that Boone is apparently already going to stay and has nothing to do with this audit already before the audit even starts, which starts today on Wednesday, apparently. I don't know. It seems dicey from what everyone uh, anticipated what it was going to be. Yeah, because like you said, there was a big mis miscommunication. Like people were thinking that the Yankees were going to hire these outside people to look at everything that they do and figure out what's going on. And that's not exactly what's happening. And it feels weird that now they're turning it almost into an internal investig in investigation to figure out what's going on. And it's that whole, uh, we need to get to the bottom of this, or we need to find out who's responsible for this. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of Tim <laughs> Robinson references yeah. on the show this year. I know. Uh, <laughs> he's genius. But yeah, yeah no, I, I'm right there with you. Like, it does feel like, oh, this is just an internal thing now. And you're like, that wasn't, that wasn't what we, that's not what an audit is. Why are you calling it an audit then? Yeah, yeah. It just I don't know. feels, it, <sighs> I, that, that's, and that's what I'm worried about here. One, maybe not full audit. And maybe this does happen. I'm not in front offices of Major League Baseball, clearly. But this should probably be done after every season, right? Like just in general, sure. you should always, you know, dissect what happened that year and take a look at things and see where you can improve and see where you did things right and yada, yada, yada. Um, but to call this thing an audit is starting to feel a little sacrilegious in that regard because it doesn't really feel like that's going to be part of it. Uh, we also learned that, I, I believe maybe I just learned, I guess Garrett Cole's also a part of this thing that that hadn't been mentioned before, to my knowledge. Like I know Judge was a part of it, Cashman, yeah. Steinbrenner, and 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 uh, and Aaron Boone, but apparently Garrett Cole's a part of this too. The task force. I mean, mm. that's what I'm calling it. That that's what I put on on our rundown is the task force. It feels uh, it feels like they're gonna half-ass this. Really, it really and that's what feels I'm like they're gonna half. Yeah, I'm because... worried about that. Uh, I said it on Twitter on Tuesday. I said, you know, I know people feel like an 82 and 80 season is a bottoming out. And for the Yankees, it probably is. For other teams, they'd kill to be 82 and 80 for one of their worst seasons in 30 years. You know, I feel like the Yankees needed to finish at least 15 to 20 games under 500 for them to do anything serious in the offseason. You know, like this really feels like an, uh, like a half ass thing. And it's just we're all going to be annoyed when it's over because nothing major is going to change. and. It's making me dread next season. I can't even believe I'm saying that, but I just feel like I don't trust these guys as far as I can throw them, and I can't because I have a bad back. So I just, no. <laughs> Three days into the offseason, you're already dreading next year. That's not a great sign. It's not a great sign. Um, no. Not a great sign. I, I am worried. I am worried. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm worried that um, they're not going to take it seriously. I hope they do. I think they need to. We've talked about how it up until this report has felt like they're going to take this fairly seriously. And then the Boone thing comes out right away and you're going, wait, wasn't that going to be part of the audit? And then mm -hmm. now this, that, oh, wait, actually consultants aren't going to be coming in. You're like, whoa, 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 what is this then? What is this? Is this just a, a lunch meeting? Like, <laughs> what are we doing at yeah. this point? So I'm curious. Again, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hold off judgment here. Make sure that, you know, once, once the information comes out, we'll be the first to tell you here. So make sure to hit subscribe and we'll definitely break down what ultimately comes out of this but until then i guess i'll just hold off judgment i'm picturing charlie day from it's always sunny right with all the stuff <laughs> in the background just yes. you know pointing at things yeah, like i feel like that's it. what garrett garrett cole's gonna do this but he's gonna do it in front of a board with all these like numbers mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let us know how you're feeling about this stuff, about judges, uh, kind of vague comments about the numbers and all that kind of thing. And what do you think he values as a player, especially when it comes to other styles of play? Don't forget, we're still five days a week here on Locked on Yankees. Don't forget it right here. You can hit subscribe on audio and on video as always. Um, we are going to step aside when we come back. Some pretty good news. More good news coming out here. Offseason awards uh, are coming out, and we have a couple more to hand out here coming from Major and Minor League Baseball. So stick around. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. 
Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. This coming week, the 1-3 and three Giants are taking on the 3-1 and one Dolphins, who dropped a 70-burger on the Broncos, and the 1-3 and three Jets are taking on those same Broncos, who fell to 1-3. and three. So... You have a bunch of games to bet on. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Back here on Locked On Yankees. Hey, everydayers out there. Again, we've told you this a couple times this year, this week, but there will not be a Fan Mail Friday episode here coming up. We are taking Friday off, our first day off. All year, period. Yeah. All year, period. Uh, Since you started with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we haven't missed an episode. We've actually added extra episodes. So we're going to take Friday off. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back on Monday, but we also will be back tomorrow. Uh, Coming up later on in today's show, we're going to talk about the playoffs, the first day of the playoffs already. We're going to keep doing that throughout the uh, the postseason. Have a little playoff talk, get away from the Yankees a little bit, and just kind of talk about what's going on. So we'll be doing that tomorrow, so make sure to hit subscribe, and you get to hang out with us every day. Um, Stace, some more good news coming out of here. I was, uh, wasn't expecting this one. I wasn't September either. Award, September <laughs> Awards. Clay Holmes, reliever of the month. And not that I wasn't expecting, you know, anything, but just – just I don't know I guess I just wasn't expecting Clay Holmes getting something here at the end of the year because I wasn't really yeah. I mean obviously we we're paying attention but I wasn't like zeroed in but I, right. I I didn't realize I knew how good he was playing here in September but I didn't realize it was up to this standard like I I guess I kind of tuned out in the ninth a little bit here this season uh, this <laughs> September but I mean the numbers were ridiculous I didn't realize he went eight for eight in saves here in September 12 innings of work, 11 strikeouts, only one earned run, gave up two total. He had like one shaky outing. Uh, I think it was yeah. against Toronto, if I don't, if I remember correctly. But I mean, what a year for Clay Holmes and what a bounce back after a pretty bad August for him to do what he did in September. Yeah, I was actually surprised by that too. I saw it. Um, I can't remember if it was in Twitter or if it was in my um, Yankee Slack group. I was thinking to myself, oh, Oh, okay, cool. Like, good for him. You know, I knew that he wasn't bad in September, but I didn't realize how good he was in September. Because you do, you think of the outings where he's kind of like, you know, the bases are loaded, and then but then he ends up getting the save, and you're just thinking in the back of your mind that kind of an outing, and then you realize, all right, well, he didn't let a run score, so of course his numbers are going to be fine. Like, yeah, but you know, he had a pretty solid season, and considering how uh, up and down 2022 was, you know, he had a few bumps. But it was really like a normal reliever kind of season. Like all relievers go through that where they're doing really well and then they hit like, oh, they have a bad outing. And it, it, he had a much more, he was steadier in 2023 compared to 2022. You know, like oh. he, he took a really high, you know, roller coaster, giga coaster ride up in the first half of 2022 and then fell down about 300 feet in the second yeah. half of 2023, you know, and this was just a much steadier ride for him. So good for him. That's, that's a good bounce back for him. I think what uh, you're, you're kind of alluding to it, but what was hitting my brain here is a lot of relievers when they hit that wall, never get back up. And for mm -hmm. him to have the August that he had, and then to bounce right back into September and go perfect eight for eight and be a part of a pretty good team at the end of the season. Like that's, that's super 
good for him as a player developing, but it's also in the good graces of Aaron Boone, who's mm -hmm. feeling justified in his decision to make him this the quasi closer that, right. hey, maybe in 2024, Clay Holmes has done enough to prove even at his young age that he is ready to close on a full-time basis, no ifs, ands, or buts at the major league level. So I'm curious to see how that develops, especially come spring training when those questions start getting asked. Yeah, plus, you know, uh, the bullpen's going to look a lot different as well. So it feels like, it almost feels like September was his audition in a way for closer. I mean, I know he has to go through spring training and everything, but yeah, that feels like the door is open for him in 2024, and it feels like his job to lose. At oh, this I point. have a... I have a lot less questions about Clay Holmes heading into 2024 than I did ending into 2023. That's for sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome that he won this award. Not the only award handed out. There was this really cool thing on Monday night. Um, MLB Network did a full award show for the minors, which is something they'd never done before. Really, really cool. Um, and I, I loved it. That's so, so great. I love everything minor league baseball. Every day is already know that. Uh, I also love this new thing they're doing, the first and second team, all minor league baseball teams, which is really, really cool. They added that to Major League Baseball a couple years ago, and now they're doing all minor league teams, which is awesome. And our boy Stace, Drew Thorpe, all MILB first team, the lone Yankees represented on the first team. Not only that, the minor league baseball pitching prospect of the year. And look, we talked about Drew Thorpe ad nauseum this season. There were so many times on a Miners Monday segment this year, Stace, where I had to cut Drew Thorpe because I talked to him about him the week before that and the week before that. So I was like, yep. I can't do Drew Thorpe again. I'm sorry, yep. dude. We've he actually was... had those conversations before shows. Yes. It's like, you know, I, I've talked about him too much. I think we need to, like, cut him out here and give someone else some time. <laughs> yeah. In the segment. yeah, we're like, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll go Clayton Beater this week instead. Yeah. This <laughs> insane, Stacey. So... Final numbers this year for Drew Thorpe. This is um, across uh, two levels. You know, he started with with uh, Hudson Valley, then finished with Somerset. Mm -hmm. Two five two ERA and twenty three starts, just shy of one hundred and forty innings pitched and one hundred and eighty two strikeouts. I ran some more numbers, Stacy. Eighteen of his twenty three starts this year, he struck out seven or more batters. Six of those twenty three double-digit strikeout games. He's, he topped out, remember when he struck out 13? Yeah. 13, we talked about that. That was a Miners Monday. That was all Drew Thorpe that day. Um, <laughs> and this is coming from Minor League Baseball. I love this. Uh, this is maybe my favorite stats of the year from, from the Yankees Miners. Only one pitcher who threw as many innings as Drew Thorpe had an ERA within a run of him, and that was Richard Fitz. <laughs> Un real season obviously ended sour in Somerset but sure. the pitching staff lived up to the hype on the highest level possible and for Drew Thorpe to win this he joined some incredible names by the way that have won the uh, pitching prospect of the year award last season was Andrew Payton 2021 was Grayson Rodriguez Mackenzie Gore won it Dylan Cease has won it Tyler Glasnow has won it Blake Snell Glasnow's actually won it twice um, so this is a serious, serious, serious honor for a guy who did not pitch in 2022. The Yankees drafted him. They said, you know what? Let's not go ahead and push it. They just let him work out in the weight room, work out with the team, gear up for 2023, makes his debut. And my God, I mean, mm -hmm. again, we talked about him all year. Drew Thorpe, um, the sky right now is the absolute limit. Like I, I can't wait to see what he brings to the table next season. Cause 
His stuff is is wicked, wicked stuff, man. He's got that pinpoint control, and I, I think Drew Thorpe might be the real deal. Do you think we see him? Depends on what they do. That'd be pretty quick. He hasn't yeah. touched AAA. I imagine he starts with Somerset. He finished the season. He made one start, but he was basically hurt to end the season. Um, he didn't end up pitching in the postseason. So maybe they get him a, a quick look here because they have Beater and Warren up already. Spence yeah. will likely return. So they got enough pitching in, in Scranton. So I got to imagine Thorpe starts in Somerset, but I don't think he'll finish in Somerset. There's no way. There's no mm -hmm. way. He, he could finish in New York. Very, very possible. He is sky's the limit. Um, and then another award, Stacey, uh, Danny Watson ended up winning all MILB second team. Watson was a reliever with Somerset. He was unreal this season, too. 30 games with the Patriots, a 1-6-4 ERA, 38 in the third innings of work. He also started just like uh, Thorpe uh, with Hudson Valley, a 1-4-8 ERA in 24 and a third uh, in Hudson Valley. So he, he tore it up and, and that's another name. He's not in the top 30 or anything like that, but you might see Danny Watson sneak into that top 30 by next season. Um, very exciting. Some, some really power arms coming up through the system that again, we've been talking about all year. So very, very cool. Congratulations to Thorpe Watson. And of course, Clay Holmes. I, I love it. I love it. I love minor league yeah. baseball. Here we go again. And, uh, <laughs> every dares and, and locked on viewers, you guys know. You guys know these guys, and you can tell all your Yankee friends, oh, yeah, Drew Thorpe, yeah, no, that was a pitcher of the year. He joined Tyler Glass now in that. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was Andrew Painter last year and Grayson Rodriguez before that. So, you know, see, now you got all the stuff. You got all the stuff. That's why you watch the show. Very <laughs> cool. Very awesome. Let us know how you're feeling about Drew Thorpe. Are you watching for him next season like I am? I'm curious where he lands in this top 30 because, I mean, he's probably going to be like top two or three if I had to guess. Um, all right, we're going to step aside. We come back. Postseason, Jordan Montgomery feels. Let's talk about it in a second. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Guys, you already know about Bird Dogs. I tell you about them all the time. It's the best place to buy men's shorts and pants with built-in underwear. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I love my Bird Dogs. You know I wear them. They sent us a couple of pairs and they're full-fledged part of my rotation. They're super comfortable, they're versatile, and they're cheaper than other brands like Lululemon or anything in that same level of short and pant uh and of course lockdown yankees viewers and listeners you guys have the opportunity to get a free water bottle when you place an order at birddogs.com they got a ton of different styles you're going to find something for you i promise you can go to birddogs.com slash lockdown mlb and enter the promo code lockdown mlb at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order that's birddogs.com slash lockdown mlb for a free water bottle you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you Back here on Locked On Yankees, our final segment here for this Wednesday edition of the show. Stacy Jordan Montgomery pitched for the Texas Rangers in game one against the Tampa Bay Rays and was absurd. Seven innings, six hits of shutout ball without a walk, struck out five. Stacy, watching that game for you, I know I, I always make it a point to watch the very first game of the postseason every year. And then yeah. as soon as I saw that Montgomery was going to pitch game one, I'm like, well, this is going to be an interesting feeling, isn't it? What, what was it for you? We haven't talked about this yet. We kind of briefly <laughs> talked about it uh, off camera, but like, how was it for you watching Jordan Montgomery absolutely shove against the Tampa Bay Rays? I feel good for him because I was really annoyed when the Yankees traded him away. I feel like they, tr they treated him like excrement and didn't trust him enough. And 
I felt bad when they traded him away because there was a time in, was it 2021? He went a month and a half without a decision, but he pitched well in every single game. It was the team just was not supporting him, giving him run support, but he was pitching really well. And I never understood the Yankees thought that he wasn't good enough to be in the playoffs and he wasn't good enough to do this. And I just felt really bad for him. So, you know, I was mad that they traded him away um, at first because, you know, I just think they treated him badly. And then I realized he was going to get more of a shot to do something. And then, you know, the Cardinals kind of fell apart in the beginning of the season. And when I saw that they traded him to Texas, I was like, there you go. That's going to be his chance to basically tell the Yankees. Look what you, I can't say it, but you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, here we go. So, you know, and I I know that's like the storyline, like, oh, how do Yankee fans feel about I'm happy for Monty. I'm so happy for him. And I'm glad that he gets to basically tell the Yankees to kiss his behind at this point. So, oh, they're they're behind him. They're behind him. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, Stacey. I remember when he was traded a a real um, where were you moment for me sitting in the booth and in, in music and you know preparing for the game and it comes across our twitter and we just see jordan montgomery to to st louis and we went what what like it's what? my reaction it, it got, I, I looked at adam marco play by play for the rail riders he was you know my boss at the time and we've had him on the show and i and i was like why i was like and then we saw you get back like okay i mean yeah but why like why montgomery and yeah. then remember, Bader was hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're like, yeah. what? Like, it, it just felt so weird and it felt so undeserved. And and Jordan Montgomery actually talked about this, I think, to The Athletic um, the other day, talking mm-hmm. about how it all went down in New York. And he said, his words, not mine, he felt like the Yankees um, felt like, you know, they, they he failed them or they failed him. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think he's wrong. Like I, I, I think they, they, they gave up on him. They and did. That's how and he feels. They feels like he, they gave up on him. They did. No, they, they clearly did. Um, I was downstairs in my dining room because, as you know, as a locked on person, we had to be ready for the trade deadline. So I was like doing live stuff um, because there were other moves that were made before that. And that was literally like at the deadline. It came out that they were trading Jordan Montgomery. To, and I, I was sitting there going, Huh? And that was basically the video I made. I was just like, I don't really understand what's happening right now. This is my true reaction to this because I don't understand what the Yankees are doing. So, uh, you know, I think I apologize to everyone because I was just sitting here in shock. Like, what? What are they doing? (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, it was it was good to watch that. I I did get a a flashback and got a little worried when he did the belly flop to catch the really bad bunt. um, Incredible. Incredible. You know, Jabba Chamberlain did the same thing and then he ended up being hurt for like a while. So I was just like, oh, be careful. Uh, But he turned out to be okay. But I will make this joke. I made it before the show. The Rays played horribly if you didn't watch the game. Horribly. Four errors, just, you know, throwing things all over the place and not looking good. And as much as those throwback uniforms look great, they were wearing their Devil Ray uniforms. Guys, you were horrible as the Devil Rays. Why would you put that kind of mojo on yourselves? Don't do that again. Not during the playoffs. Regular season, cool, but not during the playoffs. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that was a heck of an outing there for Montgomery. And for, for him to work out of that jam in the second really set the tone, that diving catch part of it. It was awesome, man. Uh, tough game for Jose Siri, man. Yikes. Ooh. Tough, yeah, wasn't tough he, game Was he the center. one that did the pop-up, uh, but didn't he Everything, pop up the yes, bunch? yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everything, yes. Yes, Everything. 
uh, tough game, man. Tough way to start uh, for Tampa. Full disclosure, we're recording this uh, about 6.30 your time, East Coast time on Tuesday. Um, so they're in the middle of a lot of games right now. So sorry if this is incorrect by the time it comes out, but Royce Lewis <laughs> has only hit two home runs so far. An unreal start to his postseason career. Um, as of this very moment, he is three for three with two bombs and a single. So considering yeah, he hadn't Lopez, played in a couple yeah. weeks and this was his yeah. first game back. Nice He's job. DH-ing. Royce. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Pablo Lopez is shoving with six shutout right now. You know, he's in the sixth and, and shutting out Toronto. So yeah, we're, we plan on, on recording a little bit later for people who watched yesterday, listened yesterday, I'm going to the ducks game tonight. So we had to record a little earlier than anticipated, but, uh, yeah, it's super exciting start to the postseason, And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good about my twins pick right now at this very moment. You know, I picked the twins over the blue Jays. I know you kind of gave me a look, but uh, I believe on the twins a little bit. The twins are very happy. They're not playing the Yankees in the playoffs right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did win this year. So just the season series. Yeah. Playoffs. Just the were... season series. No, but I mean, like for the first time in 20 years, I feel like yeah. playoffs are a little different and I didn't realize how many series the Yankees beat them in and wild card games. And I forgot they played in 2019. I forgot they played the division series in 2019 because I was looking it up and I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. They did beat the Twins. I completely that left my mind. I don't know why. But yeah, so good for them. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it'd be good for them if they, you know, win the two games in Minnesota and just go straight to the division. Oh, yeah. Get series. a day off. Yeah. yeah. Get a day off. Be huge huge um let us know how you're feeling about the postseason for so far day one and by the way uh just for you guys who stick around the whole time later on this offseason we're going to be talking about old yankees trades to see how they went and bet your bottom dollar we'll be talking jordan montgomery especially <laughs> this is going to be well after the postseason is over um so we'll see how far the rangers end up going and how well jordan montgomery ends up pitching so Rest assured, that'll be talked about here at length. There'll be a couple of those kinds of episodes. So make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss that. And uh, we're going to do more playoff talk tomorrow, just like we did today. That's going to do it for today's Locked on Yankees. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We'll see you tomorrow.